We're in a series called Be the Church, and um, this series is supposed to be doing what his title says. It's talking about us being the church, that the church is more than... So my timer's on, and when I say series, guess what happens? Siri thinks I'm talking to her, and she pops on. So... Um, we're the church. The, the church is about people. It's about us. Right now, we're the church gathered corporately. When you leave the facility, you're the church on mission. But church is who we are, not just something that we do every now and again. We are the church. Because it's about people, it's about relationships. That's been the heart of this series. Right now, we're talking about our relationship with God. And we're in, in actuality talking about that passage of Scripture where that we're to love God all in. Heart soul, mind, and strength. We've done heart, soul, and mind. We've talked about that today. We're going to be talking about loving God with all of our strength and, and what that means. So that's where we're headed. That's the intro. Transition. Uh, always a couple of bad jokes. These were quite bad, but uh, I like them. I saw a guy pouring soy sauce on another guy that was laying on the ground. And, you know, it's, it's just not right to kick a man when he's down. It's a soy sauce joke. Some of you got it, and some won't, and that's okay. I heard they just started a 12-step group for compulsive talkers, and they call it On Anon Anon. On Anon Anon. There you go. I'm sorry, the late laugh was even better. We had fun. You know that, so this week, Alice and I and Douglas and Kimberly, we were invited to a conference up in Tampa. Uh, and it's with a church uh, that uh, helped us out after the storm um, up there. There were two churches in Tampa that really helped out. And, and one is this big, giant church. And this other one is a church our size. And uh, we, we hit it off with them. We hit it off both churches. But they liked And they invited us up last year. And we went. And the, the kids played with the worship team. And they had a big time. And we spoke. And, and so they asked us to come back. And the kids played on the worship team again. We talked for a little bit. And we were just there being a part. Uh, and so it's good to be with them, and we, we all get along really well. And you'll see, actually, um, a couple of their worship team folks will be here over Fall Festival weekend, and uh, they'll be with us, so we'll have fun. But we're there, and um, I'm, I'm having to drive around in Tampa, and I don't know Tampa very well. And, and so uh, I have become extremely dependent on my, the phone, the GPS on my phone. And, and where I, I'm just watching it, and I have a nice little bracket now where it's right there, and I can really see what's going on. And it, it helps me get around pretty well. Well, we're heading back to the airport, and we even joked on the way to the airport that I messed up last year on the way to the airport, and I missed this one spot, and we had to do this ridiculous, crazy looping thing there in Tampa. And so we're, we're heading, and I'm paying attention, and I'm following the Garmin, and, and yet the, the signs on the road are telling me that the airport is this way. They're actually telling Douglas, and Douglas is saying, okay, it says you need to go this way, but the Garmin is telling me no. And I'm, I'm at that, I'm torn, and, and, <laughs> and so sure enough, I stick to the Garmin, and I made the exact same mistake that I made last year. And Douglas looks at me, and he goes, there's actually airplanes painted in the road. <laughs> They're actually there. If you see it and you're going to an airport and there's an airplane painted in the road, go with that. But I'm like, the Garmin is not telling me that. And he's like, okay. And uh, sure enough, we had to go through this crazy roundabout loop thing again. And, uh, you know, sometimes you, you just don't get it quite right. But that kind of works for today. We're, we're going to be talking about uh, 
uh, trying to do the next right thing in this process of loving God with all our strength. So let's, uh, let's do the scripture reading and we'll dig in. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He has given us every great and precious promise... Uh, every, his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires uh, blessed be the word of the Lord that's a powerful passage I would love for you to kind of dwell on that one this week and think about everything that's in there but uh, it's, it really impacts how we're going to look at this idea of loving God with all our strength. So loving God with all our heart, uh, as we've talked about, and with our soul, with our mind, those are inward things. Loving God with all our strength is really the outward expression of our heart, soul, and mind love for God. But it, it might be a little bit different than what you're expecting. And so I want to take some time in this first point and, and sort of talk to, to you about something that is really critical for us to understand on this journey uh, in following Christ. So how do we love God with all our strength? That was point number one. I went by it kind of fast, so sorry. But uh, it was up there. How do we love God with all our strength? So, uh, in effect, what, what we're saying here is, is to do this, we're going to choose on a daily basis to um, love God all in. That's what that's all about. It's a decision that we're going to make every day throughout the course of the day um, that that we're, that's how we want to live this life. But but there's something that I want you to connect with. The idea of loving God with all our strength is not about our loving Him with our own strength. It's about loving Him with the strength that He gives us. And that's really significant. And, and so if you need to think about it for a while, I, I would encourage you to do so. Uh, it, loving God with all our strength, it's not about loving Him with our own strength. It's about loving Him with the strength that He gives us. That's why Paul says this in Philippians 4.13. He says, I can do everything through Him who gives me strength. I can do everything through Him. What's He do? He gives us strength. And and we need to sort of settle in that, uh, in this process. Everything that we have uh, and everything that we are, it's been given to us by God. And God will never ask us to give something that He hasn't already given us. And there's something extremely life-changing in that dynamic when you accept it, that, that God is really asking us to understand that He gives us everything and that, that our life is really figuring out how and what He wants us to give back to Him on this journey. And so we're to live each day as people who understand that, that, that God um, requires of us to give back to Him only things that He's given us and never the other way around. When I first came to know Jesus... Um, the, the impetus was because I realized how lost I was, how not good I was, and, and uh, in so many different areas. And my desire was to be different. And, and so I asked Jesus into my life, and he began to change me. But, but for a long time there, um, I was trying to be good, but I was trying to do that in my own strength. And it was frustrating because I, I sort of had a, an idea of how I wanted to live. I had expectations for myself, and I kept falling short of them. And, and I kept trying to figure out, you know, sort of the rules and the things to do it. Um, but all that did was make me realize I couldn't make it and then make me very critical and judgmental. And, and also the enemy just had the field day with me with guilt because I, I couldn't quite live up to it. 
And, and there comes this point in time, there came this point in time, and I, I think it comes to all of us, when we finally realize, we've tried that so hard to do it, and it doesn't work, that we have to just sort of, we surrender it, and we, we go to God, God, you, you know that I, I want to live for you, uh, and yet I'm, I'm just falling so short, I can't do it. And it's like, the response is almost God saying to us, that's right, I've just been waiting for you to get to that spot, you can't do it. In your own strength, you need, you need help. You need me in the process. God, in effect, wants to be good through us and in us. And, and, and so there's something very liberating in this whole idea of understanding living in his strength and what it means. It really sets us free to live for him. Uh, because we, we go from that place of trying to do it in our own strength, which is us really trying to change from the outside in, to which doesn't work. To a place where he starts, we realize he's the only one can do it, and we start to yield to the Holy Spirit, and he begins to change us from the inside out. What, what starts really mattering is us listening um, throughout the course of the day into how he wants us to live. And, and then when we sort of begin to plug into that and do it that way, what we find out is we're, we're changing uh, from the inside out because we, we don't really have a whole lot of time to go and do the stuff that we shouldn't be doing anyway because we're we're really satisfied and busy doing the things that he wants us to do and so this really begins to change us in the way that we live this life and, and so that's what we're talking about in this whole idea of living to him see it's it's not about trying to be good it's about yielding to the holy spirit and being concerned with what god wants in the process and then what he wants that's what we do on this journey and so when we start to take that in, what we need to see is, is we need to see in this life that, that we're receivers of what God wants us to have, and then we're to give whatever He wants us to give. And that should be our way of life, receive and, and give. And we've all received these different gifts from God, and, and different talents and different abilities, and then He wants us to give those as He directs us so that it brings glory to Him. And it's, it's really freeing in this life when we sort of get to that spot that I'm, I'm not trying to work this up and do it out of my own strength and willpower. I'm just trying to yield to him and allowing him to move through me and that he begins to change me in the process. So this, this life of loving God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind and strength, it's, it's never about following a bunch of rules. It's, it's the, a life of the power of God flowing through us and changing us and, and using us to make a difference in the world around us. It's a life-giving power that changes everything and allows us to really live for Him and experience His amazing grace and mercy and make a difference in the world. So, so I really want you to consider that because uh, there's some of that that really makes a difference in the way we look at this. Then I can bring up the second point. And the second point you've heard me say if you've been here as long as you've been here, you've heard me say it at least every week, sometimes two or three times, you know it. Uh, we're, we're living by trying to do the next right thing. But if you take that statement apart from what I just told you and didn't understand it, it would say like I'm trying to throw a bunch of rules on you that, okay, it's about following the rules. And it's not. It's, it's about yielding to the Holy Spirit in the midst of the decisions that we have throughout the course of the day. So... So we experience this life as, as receivers and givers, um, and, and we begin to understand in the process that God is way better at helping us live this life than we ever were in doing it in our own strength. He's, he's way better at taking care of us than we are, and so we, we learn to trust Him. 
And, and this trust that we develop is, is huge in being able to yield to him and, and choosing to go his way instead of our own. And, and so we, we're learning to trust him every step of the way. The writer of Proverbs says in Proverbs 3, 5, we're to trust in the law with all our heart. And the Lord, that's all of yes, heart, mind, soul, strength, all of that. And lean not on your own understanding. So we, we have to learn to trust him and go his way. Now, throughout the course of every day, there are lots of opportunities to choose. Either we're going to choose to go follow him, or we're going to choose to go and do our own thing. And this happens over and over and over throughout the day. Um, And I'm going to give the the name to go in the wrong way here in just a moment. But let me tell you, when we do choose sometimes to go the wrong way, I want you to know right off the bat that, that God loves you full on, loves you, always. And when we mess up, you need to know that you can always go to him. He always forgives. He always loves. And, and he is your biggest supporter, God is. God wants you to have and experience the best life possible now and forever. That's who God is. Sometimes you, in your own strength, when you're trying to do things and you're getting beat up all the time and you get all the guilt and shame, you might start thinking that God is like this big giant meanie who's just waiting to point out all your mess. And that's not who he is. So that when we mess up, we go back to him and, and he receives us. And, and the, when, we've, when we sin, we, we, we go and we... Bible tells us to confess our sin and people what does it mean to confess and they often think well it just means we tell them we're sorry and certainly it doesn't hurt to tell them you're sorry but that's not what he's looking for the, the idea behind confession uh, in, the, in the original language it, it actually means it breaks down to same word and what we're doing is we're learning because we're going to God and we're saying you were right and I was wrong your way was right my way was wrong and, and he just then empowers us to go and to live again and so we have this connection that we need to understand in doing it in his strength but sometimes the opportunity to do something wrong will show up we call those temptations all right, not a real fancy word. You've all heard it, right? And uh, you understand that that we get tempted sort of throughout the day. Everybody with me? Being tempted in and of itself isn't the sin. It's giving into it. All right, because even Jesus faced temptations. We're going to look at that, but he didn't sin the way we often do. So what do we do when we're faced with those things? Let me read you this great passage, uh, and we're going to watch Jesus as our model deal with this. Matthew four one through eleven. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And then the devil took him into the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, Throw yourself down. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. And Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. And again, the devil took him to a very high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And then the devil left him and angels came and attended him. Now, there's a, a lot of fascinating stuff in that passage. And obviously I can't cover it all. But there's a couple of things I want to talk about. First thing I want you to see in there is that Jesus uses scripture 
to know what the next right thing is. Jesus uses the word to know what the next right thing is. He relies on the truth of Scripture as his authority for making decisions. That's how we're supposed to live. That's why I'm always telling you that you you have to be reading your Bibles. You have to take this stuff in. You have to make time for it in your life. I I, I don't know how to more strongly encourage or exhort you to make Bible reading a, a part of your life. But you have to know the Scripture. It's not enough to know what somebody else tells you about the Bible. Because they might not get it right. You have to dig into it and read it and ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate it to you in the process. Because the other thing that should pop out in you in that passage is, guess what else was happening? Was that the enemy was trying to use scripture against Jesus. Now think about that. The enemy knows scripture. Why is it? And that, when, you, when you really take that in, that should prompt you to really want to know the scripture as well. Because you have an enemy. We're locked in this fierce spiritual battle uh, throughout the ages. And our enemy knows the word. We should probably know it as well and know it really well. Because he does it, he knows it, and he twists it all the time. The enemy is always twisting scripture. I want to show you that in the story. But I had a friend show me a thing last night after we talked. It was a thing on, on the, the Twitter or the Instagram or something. I don't know, one of those things. And uh, someone had written this. They had written, um, if, uh, if money is the root of all evil, why did churches ask for it? And all these people were commenting about, yeah, that's right. And, whole, and they all got off. And, and she knew the person in the, th- and she actually, she prayed about it. And then she actually texted back. The scripture doesn't say that. The scripture says, the love of money is the root of all evil. Do you understand how different those two statements are? They're, they're, they're wildly different. But do you see what a little twist does? And how many people who don't know the scripture go, oh, yeah, that's right. And they take it off in that whole thing because, well, the enemy's doing that all the time. He tries it on Jesus. Look at this. He actually quotes to Jesus in the middle of this confrontation from the Psalms. Psalm 91, 11 and 12. The enemy says to Jesus, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways, that they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. You say, well, how is that twisted? Because he's quoting scripture verbatim. Well, he's taking it out of context. And see, that's the issue. Because if you read the two verses before it, in verses 9 and 10, if you say the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. And that actually should be befall you. It's a much better translation. No disaster will come near your tent. And the verse, it makes it very clear that God's protection is for events that, that befall his servants, not as an excuse to go out and seek out those dangers. There's a big difference in the way that, that happens, see? So we have to know the scripture, and, and I want to encourage you to do that, especially as we're trying to continue to do the next right thing. Also, three temptations. I'm going to go a few minutes late. I apologize, but it'll be okay. What else are you going to do at this point? I got you here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at my timer. I'm looking at the clock. It's like almost 1030 and it's not going to happen. Okay, here we go. So three temptations. There's three things that the enemy uses all the time. I got to tell you this. That's why it's so important. All right. He uses these same three temptations over and over and over and over and over. And he's done it for as far as it's recorded for us in the scripture. Remember last week, we looked quickly at Genesis 3, 6. Let me pull it up again. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Remember Adam and Eve, they were both there and they They move into the fall, but they're tempted three ways. And these three temptations are the same three that he 
tries on Jesus, but they don't work. But the enemy sticks with those three because they've always worked, except for Jesus. They, they still have a really good run, so he's not changing them. And the Apostle John tells us what they are, so we know. All that is in the world, 1 John 2:16, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Those are the three. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Those are the three ways that temptation is going to come at you time after time after time. And if you can recognize it, then we can stand against it. And you notice when Jesus stood against it and resisted the devil, what did he have to do? He had to go. All right. So what's the lust of the flesh? Well, in, in, uh, in Genesis... With Adam and Eve, it, the, the, the temptation was good for food. See, that's the flesh. With Jesus, uh, it was about turning these stones to bread. Remember, he was hungry, and he turned these stones to bread. With us, the cultural sort of thing about the lust of the flesh is if it feels good, do it. Uh, it's, it's really about whatever you want to do. Remember I said last week, absolute truth is in our culture has gotten tossed out. Now it's just about me and whatever I want. It doesn't really matter about anybody else or how it affects anybody. It's just about me. And that happens. That's the lust of the flesh. The lust of the eyes. What does that look like? It continues in Scripture. Back in Genesis, the, the temptation was beautiful to look at with the eyes. With us, uh, with Jesus, he, he took Jesus and said, all this I will give you. There it is again. With us, what is it? It's materialism. It's, it, we're bombarded by a multi-billion dollar industry of advertising that is just trying to convince you that what you have is never enough and that you always got to have the next thing no matter what it takes and, and it doesn't really matter and it's the most important thing and, and this is impacting us in so many ways in the process. The pride of life is C. Pride. Anybody ever get caught here? pride, how I look, what it looks like to everybody else, what's going on. Um, with with uh, Adam and Eve, back in the it, this, the temptation was desirable, desirable for gaining wisdom. You will be like God. With Jesus, it's, it's, it's sneaky. If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. If. You see the little little catch there if jesus wasn't really settled in who he was but he was so he didn't but it was like if you really are who you say you are you can uh, see with us what is it this fierce thing that we have in our culture to do it in our own strength and in our own way i did it my way you know there's there's some good things about being independent but the the problem is we were created to be dependent on god and on others you hear it in the very passage we're looking at we're to love God all in we're to love our neighbors ourselves we, we only really experience life in the midst of being connected to everybody else in a, in a healthy way and, and, and yet culturally we, we isolate and we, uh, if it's up to you know if it's going to be it's up to me and we get all that stuff pushing in and we're missing uh, the value of our relationship with God and our relationship with community uh, with the people of God and so we need to see those coming because that's where we find help and, and when you feel a a temptation come. The writer of Hebrews 4, 14, 16. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we possess, profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize or empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who's been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin. Let us then, at that moment, when we're at that spot, because of his example, approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. 
So the opportunity presents itself. You recognize it for what it is. And instead of going in that direction, you go to Jesus and you get your eyes fixed on him and you ask him for help and he gives it to you. And he meets you there. And we begin to experience life in his power. And that's where life is found. Doing it in his strength, not in our own. Loving him in the strength that he gives us to love him all in. We've got more to say. We'll talk about it next week. But that's good enough for today. Ministry team, those who are here, why don't you head over to the wall. People on the way over that wall are here to pray for you. If you need prayer for anything, they'll make sure you get it. Let me pray for you as a group. Then we can have second breakfast and dismiss. Papa, thank you for your love for us. You're such an awesome God. Help us, God, just to follow you, love you all in heart, mind, soul, and strength. And that as we do, not only would we be changed, but it would impact the world around us for you. That you would bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area that hundreds and thousands of people would come to know you as their Lord and Savior. We pray for every church in this area, God, where your word is preached. Ask that you would bless them abundantly with everything they need to fulfill the mission you've given them. We ask for your continued abundant blessing on us, God, to fulfill the mission you've given us of one more. Just one more lost child back to you, Dad. Just one more. Thank you so much for including us in your story here in this time and place. You're such an awesome God. If you need prayer this morning for anything, the folks over there pray for you. Healing, relationships, problems, finances, situations, whatever you got going on. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, let's take care of that too. It's, it's, it's humility and faith. In humility, it's just admitting to God you're broken like all the rest of us here you've sinned. Asking God to forgive you what you're doing. Then in faith, inviting and accepting Jesus into your heart and life as Lord and Savior. If you've never prayed a prayer like that, do it today. Best decision you'll ever make. You know, and I, I think there's somebody here too that, that if, if we were to be talking right now, you would describe the way that you feel as sort of being at the end of your very rope or the end of yourself. And I, I just get a sense strongly, you need to let someone pray with you today. And uh, how about this? I just feel like God's going to lengthen your, lo- your, your rope um, so that you're nowhere near the end of it. And it, it'll be something that you desperately need. And, and it's about trusting Him and hanging on to Him. If that's you, would you just go and, and when we have prayer, you go over there and tell somebody, I, ne- I need prayer for that. I feel like I'm at the end of my rope. So if you need prayer for that or for anything, I'd encourage you to get it. If you're going to stay and have breakfast, Lord, thank you for the food you provided. Everybody that makes it possible, draw people in for the 11 o'clock service. God, you are an awesome, an amazing God. Praise God from whom all blessings. and keep you. May His face shine upon you. May He be gracious to you and give you peace. And go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. We'll see you soon. Remember, be thankful for five things. Encourage two people so we can get one lost child back to dad. Prayer is there. Breakfast will be in the back. As you go, drive safely. Be kind to one another in the parking lot. Have a great day. Catch some fish. Hope your team wins. See you later. Bye.
Thanks for watching this broadcast from Keys Vineyard Community Church in Big Pine Key, Florida. Be sure to like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For more information, log on to keysvineyard.com. We'll see you next time.